Warning, this podcast contains strong language, graphic nudity, and depictions of extreme stupidity and is meant only for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Or not, you do you. Welcome to the worst podcast on Mars. I'm Amanda. I'm Evan. This is the podcast where we're working our way through the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's list of 200 definitive albums, giving you the history behind an album and trying to figure out why it's on this list. Except not this time. <laughs> so why'd you bring it up? Because I have to tell the people what we do. Um, we're doing something a little different, and bear with us, because we're kind of doing it on the fly. <laughs> um, I'm on the couch. You may be on the fly. That That's unnecessary. And you know when it's unnecessary? AVG telling me that my antivirus is going to expire in 11 days. Get off my screen. Um, please hold. Okay, thank you. Um, so we decided to end december in a similar fashion to the way we ended december last year real quick who is this we was i involved in this decision making process because most of the times i'm not i told you because you don't want to sit down and talk about things until we're about to do them and i am a planner so i just tell you what we're doing to eliminate that so no i'm going to continue last year we had done a Metallica and Beatles crossover where we compared Metallica's Master Puppets to their in- And Justice for All and Beatles' Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band to the White Album. We did that because at the time, those were the only groups we had done more than once and we thought it would be interesting to compare these albums because both albums for both artists were done consecutively, i.e. Justice was a follow-up to Puppets and White Album was a follow-up to Sgt. Pepper's. So it was nice, like, especially for Sgt. Pepper's and the White Album, I remember it was nice to have that really stark contrast where Sgt. Pepper's was so colorful and the music was upbeat. And then you have the White Album, which the cover was literally white and bare. And then everything was just kind of darker and so different. So we're doing something similar. This time we're taking a look at Bob Dylan. Last year, we did his Highway 61 Revisited, which was a very early episode of ours. And just last month, we did Blood on the Tracks. So just like we did last year, I'm not going to go into all of the background. If you want all that, you should check out those episodes. But I'm going to give you a little bit of a refresher for each. So we're going to start with Highway 61 Revisited. Evan, when was it released? I just had it. I got distracted. August 30th, 1965. So we're in the 60s. Okay. Highway 61 Revisited was Dylan's sixth studio album, but his second release for 1965 and is number eight on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame list. This album is where Dylan removed himself from his folksy sound and was the first time where none of the tracks featured him with just his guitar. And, like a Rolling Stone, peaked at number two and was Dylan's best on the charts. It is his most popular song, having been performed over 2,000 times in concerts. So, that was that was very brief. And there was a lot of information to pick from, but I wanted to highlight, like, his, his most, famous, fa- most famous song is from this album. It was his sixth studio album. But his second that he released in that year, which I think is very, very impressive. Um, and this is also where he made that change from his folk sound to the electric. And like 
people didn't know how to feel about it at first, but this is one of his better albums, his most famous album albums. And like I said, it's number eight on that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame list. So how do you want to do this? I have my original review because I did the work and went back into the notes and found my original review, and I'm guessing you did not. Okay, so the short version is we don't need to go into why we picked this album because it's on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame list, correct? Correct. We just were comparing this, this one. This, this, okay, yes. we're, we're just comparing things. Okay, so I can go first since you just had a bunch of word vomit. Well, let me say, though, when and we did this last year when we did Metallica and Beatles, we re-listened to everything. Yes. So we did that again here. So now, we, are we? What format are we using? Are we using what we kept, or are we using the best and worst? I copied and pasted my original review, but then the new review I did in the format that we do it now. Okay. So you do that what you will. Do it that what you will. Well, since we have quite a bit to get through, I'm going to do a shortened version. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I kept Like a Rolling Stone, Tombstone Blues, Bout of a Thin Man, and Desolation Row. Okay. I think Desolation Row is top five, possibly top three of his songs, period. Mm-hmm. for me there are there are a couple that i also really like but if i had to organize them it would be in the three okay it at least if not if not one now there that is not over half of the album but based on the strong showing that there are on songs and even the ones that i don't keep they don't seem like filler mm-hmm. pieces. So I'm going to go with an A-. minus. Yeah. So that is what I'm going to say on this one. Okay. And that's that's your new review? Yes. Okay. Do you remember what you gave it before? Nope. Didn't think so. I don't get into that. So I'll give you my original review. Okay. Like other artists we've talked about so far, Dylan isn't one of my favorites. I think he's a great artist and an especially great lyricist. But he's just not for me. I struggled to listen to the album more than once. However, I can see how this spoke to people at the time. One really great thing about art, especially the written word, is that you, as the listener or reader, can interpret that in however you want to take it based on your own personal experiences. While Dylan is writing about something in particular, I think it transcends just that time period. My least favorite song was Tombstone Blues, and I just, meh. Favorite song, Like a Rolling Stone. It's my favorite Dylan song, and I really love everything about it. I gave it an A-. My final thoughts. Overall, it's a great album. It was what Dylan needed to continue his career. Being that he was so unhappy with the folk label he was given, I believe that had he stuck to that, he would have gotten tired with his music and kind of faded away. This album, in a sense, revitalized Dylan and gave him created, gave him the creative outlet he, cra- he craved and since it went over better than anticipated, he continued to push himself and grow as an artist. So your new review, though. My new review. I think I kind of changed my view this time around. I was only on the third track when I realized that I actually kind of liked it. 
To be fair, the first one is like a Rolling Stone, but still I had previously listed Tombstone Blues as my least favorite before. I think that as we're doing this, I'm working on trying to listen harder and appreciate it more than I was before. I think that while I'm not going to keep everything, this might be more of an album that I wouldn't necessarily skip if songs were to come on, but not something I'm going to want to listen to by itself as the album. I think I do like this Dylan era though. I was able to add more songs from the album this time around because I was listening harder, if, if that makes any sense. It's like the best way I could describe it. I got more out of it this time. This time around, I kept Like a Rolling Stone, Tombstone Blues, Ballad of a Thin Man, and Desolation Row, and I gave it a B. I think more of it will grow on me after a few more listens. So, the first time around, I gave it an A-, minus, but I think... I mean, this was episode... Five? Five? Maybe. It was very, very early on. So, I know I'm... I, I was... I don't want to say I was like more generous in the beginning but I think I graded more on what it had done for music and less on what I liked out of it and now I'm trying to do that on equal footing what you actually think of the album as a piece of work yeah I mean what I like about it and what it's done for music are most of the time can be two very different things so it's it is very hard to not be so it's sep- separating the artist from the work right. just like i know there are a couple coming up at some point in the next i don't know six months that the artist may not necessarily be a great thing but the music right. we can sit down and appreciate yeah so i i gave it a b only because i didn't keep more of it but this was it, it this needed to happen for him and turned his career around. So, um, yeah, you ready to move on to Blood on the Tracks? Yep. So, Evan, when was Blood on the Tracks released? January 20th, 1975. Okay, so we're 10 years later, roughly. Because the other one was June of 65? I don't know. So 65. 65 to 75, roughly 10 years. We'll go with that. So, um, this one we just did in November... But I'm going to highlight a few things. Um, Blood is Dylan's 15th studio album and his first as a sole producer. It is number 157 on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame list. The album is considered to be a breakup album because of how vulnerable and emotional Dylan's lyrics are. According to his son Jacob, the album was like listening to conversations between his parents. Blood went to number one on the Billboard 200 and was only the second of his career to do so. And we went through what it was, and I can't remember. Oh. So, uh, go ahead and give me your review. So, again, we're going to... I'm going to try and keep it short. This time around, just for a... Like, a quick thing, I didn't keep as much as I kept the first time. The stuff that I kept the first time is still in the playlist. But this is doing a quick listen this is what stands out still keeping tangled up in blue and lily rosemary and the jack of hearts okay and there's a noticeable drop off for me from highway 61 to this Mm -hmm. 
just in just in my opinion not not just in the percentage of stuff that i kept but i want to say in the quality because black rolling stone and ballad of a thin man and desolation row are better craft i think are better crafted songs than what's Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. so this will probably be in the b to b plus range okay so uh i also brought in my original review Way back last year when we did Highway 61, I mentioned that I didn't care for Dylan much, and I think the only song I kept was Like a Rolling Stone. That's one of my favorite Dylan songs. Tangled Up in Blue is another. I don't know why I like this song much, but I always have. Now that I know the backstory, this song made a lot more sense, and I think I appreciate it more now. Beyond that, I wasn't sure how I would feel about the rest of the album. I didn't recognize anything else by name, but I was sure that if I would recognize something else but I was sure that I would recognize something else once it started playing, which I did. Shelter from the Storm, but I don't think it was this version specifically. I recognized the chorus, but not the song as a whole. Just don't know why. But that was it. Everything else was new to me. That being said, I thought the album was really good. It was everything the article said it would be. Emotional, dark yet upbeat, vulnerable, etc. Although I'm not sure I would have gotten all that without that background. We've all been through a breakup or a death or some major event in our lives that make us feel like this, and I absolutely see why so many people could relate to this so much. I just think that if I were to go in blind like you without knowing the story behind it, I would have interpreted it differently. In the end, I only kept one song. Dylan is still one of those artists that I'm still on the fence about. I just don't know if I care for him. I really appreciate his genius. He really is a master at writing lyrics. I just don't think his stuff is for me. I'm not giving up, though. I kept Tangled Up in Blue, and I gave it a B-. My final thoughts were, I know it's been a long time since I listened to any Dylan album as a whole, but I think I like this one better than Highway. Now knowing the story behind the whole thing, I can hear the vulnerability in it, even if the songs themselves don't sound so sad. That was very long-winded. I say that. That was not a short review. No. But, listen to it again, and you ready for my new review? Has, I don't think anything's changed. Just listen. I think it was good for me to listen to this one right after I did my re-listen of Highway 61. I did them in the same day. I felt as though this one was also better the second time around, and it felt like almost similar contrast between those two as Sgt. Pepper's was to the White Album. Highway 61 was on the brighter side and blood was darker and given the material and story behind it, it's easy to see why. I don't think my opinion changed much for this one though. I think I liked it better than I did the last time but not enough to keep more than what I did. I'm still giving it a B-, but I like that I did it back to back. So when we were talking about this, I thought I was going to struggle with this and I even told you like it is going to take me a while to get through this the notes no big deal but I didn't think I could listen to all of these back to back in one sitting but the way it worked out I didn't have any more podcasts so I thought well while I'm working I'll go ahead and get this done and I just went from one into the other and I thought it flowed well and I thought it it worked really nicely and I actually enjoyed all of the Dylan I don't know I mean that it was a choice to do that 
and I don't know if I would actively like keep listening to this stuff, but I I did Highway 61 and except for Desolation Row because I was already getting kind of tired. I did that in one sitting, mm-hmm. and then I think I did all of this in one sitting. Yeah, yeah, but not back to back. I think it was. I think there were a couple hours between it. Yeah. So right now you still say Highway is the better of the two yes and i agree i agree um so we got highway from the 60s we got blood from the 70s 65 75 we're rounding it out with something different something different and we this was my decision this was evan's decision and he'll he'll say why but we rounded it out with his album oh mercy when was that released september 12 1989 so we have 65, 75, 89. Dylan over three decades, give or take, because math. So, Oh Mercy is his 26th studio album and came out at a time where Dylan's star was kind of fading. At the time, he had a more carefree approach to the way he would record, but this way of doing things was kind of falling out of style. After writing most of the material for O Mercy at his Malibu home and recording with Ronnie Wood, Dylan decided that he was unhappy with the way it turned out and started over from scratch. Mercy turned Dylan's career back around and pulled him out of his slump. It was also the year that saw several other comebacks in Full Moon Fever by Tom Petty, Steel Wheels by Rolling Stones, and Freedom by Neil Young. Mercy debuted at number 30 on the charts. and I'm Which give, is probably the best in a long while. Yeah, so I'm going to thank you, give a thank you to my sources, and I'm going to point out some things, and then you can give your reason why. So thank you to Bob Dylan, Oh Mercy, by Sam Kemp, published April 10th, 2023, on fouroutmagazine.com. And thank you to How Bob Dylan Got His Groove Back with Oh Mercy, by Michael Gallucci, published September 18th, 2015, on ultimateclassicrock.com. So not only was there an album from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, but all three of these were essentially comeback albums. You had Highway 61, which was a change in sound and completely shifted everything for him and changed the way he did things. Blood on the Tracks was another one that kind of like got him out of a slump, changed things, was a big one. And then you had Oh Mercy did the same thing. Every 10 years or so, he would have a comeback. And are you even paying attention? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So give us your reasons why. So we know why we do the first two. But between Blood on the Tracks and this, not saying it's not saying anything about it, but it's as a point of fact, he converted to Christianity and released three albums that were more of a religious type of theme. Mm-hmm. And then once he he released those, and then he released a few that were more what he had done in the past, mm-hmm. you know still believe you you whatever but 
that those themes weren't as apparent in the music. Right. And that block was not well received by a lot of people. So I was I was like, oh okay, we can we'll do a third one. So I'm going through. I was like, uh, nope, that not well received. Nope, nope, nope. This one, this is where he was well received again. Okay, that one will go with it. Mm-hmm. That's that's really it. There's no real reason why I wanted to do a third Dylan album other than hey, you know, let's let's do something that just because. Okay. So again, I'm gonna. Try and keep my review of this one short. Okay. I didn't keep anything off it. Okay. I don't hate it, but this is like a lot of other Dylan's work where there's, it's fine, but nothing is going to stand out to me to keep. And I would think it's probably closer by itself. It's like a solid B, but compared to... The other two, it'd be like a B minus C plus range. Mm-hmm. It's, there's definitely, and even even now with some of the stuff that he's put out in the last five years, there's a noticeable decline in quality for me. Mm-hmm. So this is, I think, the worst of the three. But it's not, it's not terrible by itself, but when you compare it to everything else. Yeah. Makes sense. So, give us your old review, and then you can give us our new review. Don't have an old review. Um, so, I also did this one. Like, I immediately went Highway, Blood, Mercy. I think I, I think I broke this one into sections. Yeah. So, right away, I could tell this wasn't the Dylan that I was familiar with. It had more of a hard rock slash country feel to the opener, I thought anyway. After listening, I just sat for a while before I did my notes because I wasn't entirely sure how I felt about it. Every time I thought about adding a song to my playlist, I would stop myself. Like, I wasn't sure if I liked it or not. And the same was true the other way around. If I didn't care for a song, it ended up being not so bad. The overall sound was good. I just, I don't have the right words, but I thought it was more mature than the other two. However, I preferred the others over this one, but that could also be because those others are growing on me and they had songs that we're more familiar with. I didn't think this one was bad, but nothing really stood out to me as anything really incredible that I had to listen to again. There were a couple that, that I wouldn't mind listening to again, but I don't know if I'd listen to them again mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. So I, I didn't keep anything, but I think this was a good one to do as a comparison. I read a bit about this one being a comeback, but some of the stuff I also I read also mentioned that he had many comeback albums, and Blood on the Tracks was one of them. I think that when you're around for this long, you absolutely have to change things up in order to stay relevant. At that point, you are not only... Sorry, at that point, you not only want to keep fans, but you want to be able to gain new ones as well. I think he did that here. I think he did it well. The sound was great for the time. However, I think I prefer the Highway 61 era of Dylan, and I gave it a C. Okay. So, So, making sure that I'm understanding your reviews correctly, if we were to rank them, it would go Highway 61, then Blood on the Tracks, then Oh Mercy? Yeah, absolutely. That's how I feel. 
Uh, Highway 60, the gap between Highway 61 and Blood on the Tracks is a lot closer than Blood on the Tracks and No Mercy. Right. But I just think that you know me and how much I love, like, the 60s and early 70s. And that that's kind of where I live. And I think Highway 61 fits that vibe better. And, I mean, I think... I think Oh Mercy really fit the time well. But I'm not a big fan of 80s music, you know? So it's... Eh. 80s as in, like, the... Like the 80s synth or 80s as in like the 80s rock? 80s. Like if you were to turn on the 80s station, like I heard the 80s on um, iHeartRadio, I probably would pass out in an hour because I just, I would not pass out. Move on. Skip out to another one. But what if they played the song with Bruce Lee? (laughs) Kung Fu Fighting? No. What? Kickstart my heart. Oh. Um, it, I don't. I don't really know how to describe. It just. It felt. Oh mercy! Felt very much like it was an '80s album to me, and I just. I prefer that era. Early Dylan transition from folk to. To rock but i but yes so so you said you yours would also be highway blood then yeah. oh mercy yeah any particular reason why i think highway i would think that i'd have to put highway one highway as number one because of desolation row yeah i think you take desolation row off that album the gap or it's a toss-up Mm-hmm. between Highway and Blood. Yeah. I do think it's interesting that we found an artist that had work in every decade. Not not just simply work, but some big albums. And this one did do well. Not well enough to be on the wrong roll. No, it, it's... It, by that standards, it's not a good no. album. But, you know, another good one to do this with um, would be Pink Floyd because we hit, we're going to hit the other one that's in the big four. We, we did Dark Side and we did The Wall. And we did Animals in a Reviews Day. Yeah. Then Wish You Were Here. Wish You Were Here is the other one in the big four. That would be an interesting one to do a comparison on. Um, and that's only, that's in the span of not even 10 years. Right. But another one in the like a same style of Dylan, I'm sure. I'm trying to think of artists that have multiple albums on this list. Dylan might be the only one that that would has multiple that has multiple albums on the list released in different decades. How many albums do Rolling Stones have on there? I would think it's just Exile on Main Street. Okay. That would be interesting I to don't, go through and see. I don't think Pink Floyd does because I think Dark Side, I think it was 
73 to 79, but that's the closest you're going to come, I think. Because Zeppelin was all in a decade. The Beatles were all in a decade. Metallica. Because the Black Album is 91 or 92. I can't remember offhand. It would be interesting to see if we can find another artist on this list that we've had a few albums from that we can kind of do a similar comparison, but... I'm sure I could find something. Yeah, we're not doing that right now, though. I want to get back to my show. Fine. (laughs) So, happy holidays. Happy New Year. Thank you for being here. Oh, uh, did you want to get into what you saw about analytics? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Let me open that up. Because, um... Like, okay, peek behind the curtain. This is early December. We're trying to get things done. Um, but the uh, Spotify wrapped just came out not too long ago. And I got some pretty interesting information. We kind of laughed at it. Um, and if it'll go here. So our top episode of the year was our Reviews Days episode of Mindless Self-Indulgence, Your Rebel to Anything. I don't even remember when that was. It was streamed 265% more than our average episode. <laughs> uh, Eagles are on here in different decades. Kind okay. of. And um, there is another Stones album, uh, Let It Bleed, which is... 69, so technically two different decades. Okay. So we gained 83% of our listeners this year, so thank you. We are now streamed in 13 countries, I think. Thank you. Um, and there was one other stat here that I was thinking was hilarious. U2 is in two different decades on here. Are they really? 87 and 91 it looks like. Michael Jackson, two different decades. But again, it's all, it's within three or four years of each other. It's the tail end of one and the start of another. Not like Dylan, where 65 and then 10 years later. Okay. So, um, I don't remember what the last one said, but thank you for listening thank you for sharing our podcast and telling others about it and you know listening to our episodes so um just want to say thank you and we'll see you in 2024 um yeah i guess it is the end of 2020 i don't even know what year it is anymore (laughs) you can find us on instagram and threads at worst pod on mars and facebook at the worst podcast on mars Send us an email, worstbottommars at gmail.com. Give us a rating and review, and Happy New Year.